Welcome to the Reroll Gaming Podcast, where I, Tanner Prentice, guide five of my closest friends through an original adventure playing the tabletop role-playing game Pathfinder 2nd Edition. In the world of Rell, five strangers brought together a resistance under the shadow of the Blackreach Empire. Until everything changed. A villain and former lover named Hogoth fractured the planes of existence, ushering in an endless night and an era of undeath. All in the name of an undying dragon, Zarox. Now, the fate of Rel is left to these five adventurers. My name is Ayla, and I play Bo Cantrell, a fallen Asimar and cleric, with Cosmios, the god of fate, as my deity. Hi, my name is Zane, and I play Cinder Lafayette, the halfling investigator with a dicey past. My name is Octavia and I play Starlet Moonbow. Star, as she's better known by her companions, is on a mission to save her true love, Faya, from the Maiden of Spiders. Hi, my name is Latara, and I play Kiarin Nimone the Sadistic, the Dolel champion of Emin, who yearns for that redemption that is so far out of her reach. I'm Brendan Geyer. And I am Frost your new favorite kobold barbarian. Honor-bound to protect and serve Grat's party. And oath-bound to finish its mission. These five heroes are the last best hope to save Rel. But can they overcome this darkness that spreads under the shattered sky? Find out now on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. Welcome back to the Reroll Gaming Podcast. I have a story for you all, an allegory, if you will. When I was younger, when I was about 21, I was intoxicated and I jumped out of a moving car in the city of Tacoma <laughs> when the car was going roughly 30 miles an hour and I got a little cut above my eyebrow. And Is that the same night that you almost fell out of the window? First of all, it's neither here nor there, whether it was the same night I fell out of the window. But the point is that I was able to do that in my youth with very minor injuries. Now, in my 30s, I slept weird and I can't turn my neck. Why are you trying to turn your neck? excruciating pain. Why am I... Ah, I'm glad you asked. Um, it turns out you use your neck for a lot of things. Such I feel as like you turn your head, you don't turn your neck. Fake news. Sneezing. And you, when use your you neck turn for sneezing? Bit, I'm so confused. What's wrong? It's, yeah, you sneeze like lifting with your back. You gotta sneeze with your neck. <laughs> Ayla, if I could look over there, I would glare. Glare. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's okay. So this isn't really an icebreaker, just me complaining about being <laughs> fucking about old. old. Yeah. I wanted to talk about what we bought. <laughs> we didn't buy anything yet. We're in the middle of actually, a council meeting. Actually, yeah, that is our <laughs> gift to you listeners, is you did not have to listen to an hour of us deciding where our gold coin was going to go um, <laughs> right before we recorded this. But uh, Right. Yeah, like our whole recording time slot is used up. Now we're just on our personal time. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, some exciting stuff you guys got, but we'll handle that later. Because Cinder is right. We're in the middle of a council meeting. 
and at this council meeting who which persists no that's not the right word god damn which consists of five or six dwarves whose accents i have totally forgotten <laughs> why we just played last week that's true princess carlea was in the middle of a proposition carlea stands next to her father speaking with a confident voice earlier when these heroes of the mountain spoke to our king they mentioned that their next de destination was subterranea and they hoped to pass through the city to get there but Yig won't let anybody down to the forge harter past it Perhaps, if we could ask one more thing from these heroes, they can assist Yig in whatever the issue is. He may be more inclined to let these outsiders in than open, open the forge heart to the dwarves, exposing anything to the city. That way, they have their passion they have their passage into subterranea and we can avoid a catastrophe that would end in the lives of hundreds of dwarves if not thousands the high priestess opposite of her says we must not ignore the threat that still lingers in subterranea. The gold beards want Bronzehammer to be washed in the blood of Tog. Their dark, evil deity will drive them for bloodthirstiness, and we, if we open the path back up to subterranea, we are inviting the enemy into our homes. When is the last time that the gates to Subterranea were open? Why don't you give me a society check? Wow, Cinder sounds weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> sounds a lot like Zane. A society. Uh, just solid 29 there for you. They have not been open since after the Dwarven Civil War, which was... A while ago. A while ago. I think it was 200 years ago. Let me look at my notes. But I'll get back to you on that. Okay. I mean, just as long as they haven't been opened in a while is all. A while. My question. Hundreds of yeah. years. I think, um, I think at this point, Cinder, like, kind of loudly slams her goblet onto the table and stands up, probably drawing, like, some kind of reactions from the rest of the council considering that yeah. like you get you get yeah <laughs> loud noises yes and it's also been 500 years just for okay so very, that is a while yeah um and yeah the rest of you probably get the impression like cinder kind of commands some respect among like a select few but most of the council and the royal like you know the royalty and stuff probably are less inclined to want to hear her out, but she does say, uh, I almost called you Ronnie. Well, sorry, did you have an addition to this? 
Uh, I was just curious. You can finish your thing. I had a question okay. for Tanner, too. I'm uh, not taking any questions. <laughs> no, no more questions. No. As, as Tanner's legal counsel, I, I, I'll be speaking on his behalf. He does, in fact, um, have the sweatiest pair of balls that anybody <laughs> ever possessed before. Sidebar. Sidebar. No, we talked. Sidebar. We talked. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cinder kind of loudly like slams her goblet on the table, drawing <gasps> some reactions from a lot of the council. Thank you again there, Tanner. You're welcome. If we all to cut ourselves off from the rest of the world, would we continue to keep Subterranea sealed when we know nothing about it? Those gates have not been opened in generations. We are truly going to be floundering in the dark if we cannot afford to at least investigate all of our options. We're spinning in the dark. Does Kira know anything about the gold beards? Why don't you give me a society check? Uh, do I have to be trained in society? Um, no, I will give you a plus two since you are from this area. This society check is more to see 18. the depth of your knowledge. Okay, 18. So, you are unfamiliar with specifics or details, but you have come across some corpses of dwarves in golden skulls that cover their faces like masks. Could I argue that I learned it as part of my lore warfare? When I sure. was studying, actually, yeah, yeah, which would that's... make it a, depending on if it's a, if I don't get the plus two, then it would be a twenty six. Okay, so that's a little two. bit better. So I think you potentially learned of the existence of dwarves in Subterranea from a class or a lesson you were taught from one of your family members about what to expect when exploring around outside of Nykatov and these dwarves are fanatical they wear golden skulls on their faces to obscure their identity and they fight with a particular bloodlust none have ever been able to be captured alive and there is absolutely no trade between them and the Dolel in any capacity or any sort of diplomacy would I know if they are close to this area still like if these guys have been sealed off for that long like are they still a threat to this area that you do not know okay the old wizard can can i add something actually yeah um where is kiaran right now in the room and like what is she doing she's i'm assuming we're all sat sitting around this table yeah yeah okay she's just listening and sitting she made her plea to go to the subterranean. She's getting a feel for everyone's, like... Remind me, uh, Kieran spoke, like, publicly in this chamber last episode. Yeah, she uh, requested... I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I know she requested permission to go to subterranea. Okay. I'm just trying to remember if like because I think it would be kind of a big deal having like a Dolel present in this setting and I was trying to remember if 
it had actually been made clear that Kieran is a Dolel and yeah, I, I think they've all seen me. I drew attention no, to myself. It's clear. <laughs> they saw. Okay. Then, um... Never mind. I'm going to leave that alone. Okay. The sturdy dwarf with the braided black beard, Maxwell Seamstone, president of United Labor, stands up and he says... Cinder is right. We are fumbling around in the dark, lest I remind you, aristocrats and royals, that workers disappear all the time in the labor district. We have no idea what they're, where they're going off to, what they're doing, if they're alive. I think Cinder accentuates this too by just reiterating. Look, the surface world has changed. We know very little about it, but we know even less about what's going on down there. This is important. We cannot afford to turn our back on a threat that could be right at our back door. The dwarven, uh, the senior representative of the Iron Dwarven Trading Com Company, Mr. Waltz, suggests his monocle and says, your Majesty, if I may, I believe that it would be in the interest of the IDTC to fund such an operation. We would be glad to pay the coin in order to supply these brave heroes, and I believe this uh, stop. could be the... What did that lizard say to me? Get it out of here. Watch it out of my sight. <laughs> oh, God. I think this could be quite a profitable operation for all involved. And then the president of United Labor rolls his eyes and lets out a sigh and says, <clears throat> Anything to make coin for the bank. And sits down in sort of a defeated sense, having his own opinion turned against his interests. Volca takes out this bone pipe and packs it with a strange sweet herb with his thumb and says, Well, I must say that I believe my associate Cinder has the best point of it all. We shall fund these adventurers to go into Subterranea, set the forge heart straight, and... Perhaps fix the world while they're at it. And with a flick of his, or a snap of his fingers, his pipe ignites in this purple flame before turning into an ember. Does anybody have anything else to bring up before this council meeting is adjourned? No. No, I think Cinder's just antsy to get out of there at this point. All right. Prost is just, uh, ready to hear our next step. The king stands slowly and says, Enough! This is about all I can bear for one day amongst you stuffy pricks. Now, one last thing before we depart. As a gesture of faith, goodwill, and celebration, Tonight, 
The crown will throw a feast in your honor. It's mandatory. You have to come. Yeah. Unpaid. <laughs> this event will be quite the experience. You are not going to be forced to come. However, please accept the invitation of the crown. What if I'm into being forced to come? I'm not going to address that. <laughs> Cinder, unlike earlier, your presence is required. Cinder kind of just nods into her goblet as she takes another hefty sip. You are dismissed. Be gone with you. And we will see each of you this evening. The council files slowly out of the chambers as you, um, accompanied by Edwin Ironhands, and he says, Well, since you have the afternoon, uh, I recommend seeing the city a little bit. There are many, many shops and goods that dwarves sell. Edwin, I am curious. I had heard from someone we met on our travels that you were hunting a dwarf named Red Star. Yeah, Red we Star. Saw, we saw someone in the camp that fit the description. What were you after her for? She is a bandit. Uh, quite a brutal one at that. She has... Uh, her evocation magics manipulate fire. And she uses it cruelly. She's a member of the Red Conclave. A uh, particularly brutal gang outside of Grimholtz. Uh, their leader, uh, a man by the name of Eldrand, he uh, works with uh, Red Star. Sorry, what was, the, what was that name? Eldrand. Uh, El Eldrand, yeah. He runs the Red Conclave yeah, band? Yeah, uh, in Grimholtz. Uh, old friend of the king's actually asked him to try to capture her. He heard, uh, he heard she was in the mountains. He's been after her a long time. Who was this friend? Ah, Commander Stoneheart. From Fort Mosholt and Grimholt up north. Commander Roseheart? Uh, Commander Groomish Stoneheart. Stoneheart. Groomish Stoneheart. <laughs> Yeah. Yay. Can't miss him. One leg, one eye. Hell of a temper. <laughs> Careful, he'll smash your deck off. <laughs> he has a he had a bone Clean to pick off. with this. No hesitation. Red Star. Yeah, I Red Star's killed a lot of dwarves, intimidated a lot of people, and is a source of corruption in Grimholt. She's officially exiled and banned from the city, but unofficially. I think she comes and goes as she pleases. And this... Cinder chimes in too and says, if it's information on the Conclave you're after, we can talk more later. They've been the subject of my investigation for quite some time. Hmm. That's interesting, Cinder. Uh, and Grimish is in Grimholt as well? He's based out of uh, Fort Musholt to the north, but often will go to the city. Is that near Grimholt? Uh, yeah, it's 
few few days to the north. It's an old fort in the northern frontier. I used to use it in the Crusades back before Hinderhall. It's a long story. I appreciate your time. Just trying to piece together some things. Yes. Um, well, if you guys have nowhere else to stay, uh, you're welcome to my uncle's place. Um, it's actually in Labor District, uh, pretty close to the Commerce District side. He's got a two spare rooms. I'm sure he'd be happy to split them. I know it's not entirely comfy, but it's a place. We appreciate the kind offer. Uh, actually, at this point, Volka stumbles out of the chamber, leaning on his staff. He says, Cinder, if you would, please. She sighs and nods to the rest of you and says, if we, uh, Nah, she'll just she'll just leave. <laughs> um, and he pulls they, you aside. Are they going far away? Oh yeah, are we just doing an aside bar? Just a okay, sidebar. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Karen's gonna turn towards Star as they move away and like, Star, would it be in our interests if you try to listen in? Well, um. I can certainly try, but I feel that this may be the place that will get us in hot water if I do too much snooping. I'll trust your expertise. Um, how far away are they going? Like, is it something that I can overhear from here without seeming too obvious? Um, there's there... no for that. I would also make the argument, too, that this... The architecture of this room is probably designed so voices carry because right. it's a council chamber. Right. So I don't know, just something to think about. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely try Star. Okay. Um. But he pulls you aside, Cinder, and he says, "Cinder, I, uh, I have some quite grave news from Grimholt. I'm not entirely ready to share with the council, but Commander Stoneheart has come to me in my dreams, carrying a message." The Conclave have essentially taken control of the city. It seems half of Grimholt is burning, or otherwise occupied by the dead. And the other half, the Red Conclave, have moved in on. Commander Stoneheart is taking a regiment of champions to... Try to restore some semblance of order, but I fear the situation in Grimholt has gone from bad to absolutely worse. And she takes a moment to ponder that information, nods and says, That is distressing news indeed. And then kind of looks at him, and maybe despite like some recent hostilities, she just kind of gives him a nod and says, but I do appreciate you sharing that information to me. That is not all. I have reason to believe that this group you travel with were allied with a former associate of yours. 
I think it'd be wise if you kept a very close eye on them. She kind of shoots a glance maybe back over her shoulder towards the rest of the group and just says, Don't worry. I intend to. Now, Star, why don't you give me a perception check? Can I also do a perception check to see if I notice Star? Perception check for the perception check? Or whatever that would be. She has like a little radar (laughs) dog ear that's like trying to listen in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 27. I rolled a 23, so. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I don't notice. I don't know if you notice what we're saying, but I don't notice you, mi- no, you noticing don't notice it or not me noticing, noticing it. you. Yeah. Noticing, not a lot of noticing me. Going on. I, oh, I was thinking of like the T Pain song or something. I don't know if it's T Pain. I think you hear all of that, Star. And I think, Cinder, you do not notice. Hmm. And Volka walks slowly back to with you to the group and says, I do hope to see all of you at tonight's feast. Um, I have reserved a table so I can party with you youngins like I used to. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Cinder We're all getting laughs. spiked. <laughs> Cinder laughs and says, so that's going to be three glasses of wine for you tonight then, Volka. I'm thinking cocaine. <laughs> you guys holding? <laughs> I'd like an eight ball. Yeah, that's some good shit. <laughs> See you later. Bitches. Does he still have his pipe out? Is he? Can we tell what he's smoking? Some good arcane dust. Uh, why don't you give me a nature check? It's PCP. Eighteen. <laughs> you do not know. It definitely seems. Not local, unlike anything you've seen in the Riverlands, underneathy, or Kravnok. So I believe you guys wanted to get some shopping done. So we're going to tackle this in the style of an 80s comedy rom-com, essentially. (laughs) Um, Right. You guys, so I imagine some sort of poppy 80s hit playing behind you synth going and you guys are bouncing all around to the keen edge a three-story building where you walk in and they sell all sorts of weapons and swords uh, spirit fans and you come out with pink shopping bags and you're like ah and then you walk by a mannequin in a glass case with a set of armor and, and fixed with runes and you point at it and then you walk in and then walk out with the set of armor on with the runes and it's and then i'm gonna i'm gonna bring star and then we're gonna do the thing where i go in come out and then she shakes yeah, her head like, no a couple times and then i come no. out with a really good thing and no. then you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the one like that. <laughs> and then you fall and trip into the walking cauldron but then you both share a knowing look at each other like oh a walking cauldron and then then smash then we you guys then we high five and gallivanting yeah. down the street with a walking cauldron <laughs> and we stop Actually. at a street vendor and get some drinks and street food yeah like kebabs yeah. and stuff and then we go Ooh, back nice. and everyone in the party is sharing like their phone bills and they're like oh, we're in so much debt it's good i do <laughs> like to i do like to imagine that so one of the things, I'm going to spoil this a little bit, one of the things that Bo got was a walking cauldron so he can brew uh, potions. And it's this big iron cauldron with two iron clawed feet that walks around. And I really like to think that you went into a shop and it was the dude who was running it just hated this cauldron. 
and was like, please buy it. Please. Like, it just keeps walking off on him. Just, yeah, constant. he always trips over it and like spills his potions. Maybe pouring something into it, it like moves a man- step to the side. Right. The God little like man it. well, It's like in, the puppy uh... I found today. Yeah, I like that. Relax. <laughs> All right, so do you guys actually want to go over some of the cool things you might sure. have purchased? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Nope. I don't want to talk about it. Why it's would we do me. that? <laughs> I don't care what anyone else feels about. Well, since they, none of them care, Kiara will go. You heard it here, fans. <laughs> I hate our fans. No. Uh, Kiaran had her rune swapped over to a Gwisarm instead of her greatsword, so she has that now. Um, and she got it a rune of Ghost Touch on it. Um, she Probably also good. Guys have been fighting got a lot of armor. Potency and resilient room. <laughs> um, some boots of bounding, which increase her speed and jumping. And then something called uh, Grim Sandglass Grater, which gives me five resistance to negative because I got it on my armor. I can cast Chill Touch. And once per day, I can cast Harm or Heal at second level. Badass. Pretty cool. Um, and some of these items are brought to you by uh, Helm's Helms, a helm-shaped building ran by a gentleman named Helm <laughs> Jr. We got it from his father named Helm, and they specialize. Good segue to today's in this episode sponsor Tanner, which is Helm's Helms, bringing you this quality episode. Helms. Helm's Helms, <laughs> the endless quiver and the king edge. Is this uh? Is this where I got my mask? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Helm's Helms from Helm Jr. Sure to hit up Helms Helms and get him with a offer code reroll to get twenty percent off your first. Twenty percent off Helms all Helms orders from Helms Helms. Helmshelms.com. Helms Helms, the helm to your helm. No, it we doesn't make sense. We, yeah, it's kind of going on a bit. I got the. I think I think Frost walked into uh, walked into Helms Helms, picked up the Greater Demon Mask, looked like put it on and looked at the guy, and the guy just like ran out of his own shop in terror. <laughs> and Frost was like, ah. <laughs> It's like, all right, technically it's a mask, but it's still a helm for the <laughs> trademark. What is, what, is a, what is a mask if not a helm for your face? <laughs> okay, great. So other than Kiaran, what'd you guys get? Yeah, I got I actually like the demon mask. Where else should go next? Yeah. Like a, demon a, mask? Yeah, a greater demon mask. Uh, it's a DC 29 fear spell and a plus two like passive bonus to intimidation. As well as a rune that doesn't actually exist that also gives me a plus one to intimidation but whatever i'm figuring that out and uh i got something called windlass bolas which can ensnare groups of enemies and render them i'm not sure if it's incapacitated or just immobile but uh or tripped prone whatever also returns to my hands after i use it apparently when you say groups of enemies what do you mean by that is there like an upper limit of numbers or, like or sizes of creatures or something i don't know it's a five foot burst nice, nice. so you potentially burst. get up to four people i assume yeah bursts don't go diagonally right it's like a like a roman cross shaped set of tiles uh i don't know we'll look into that okay but yeah, I can get, I can get some dudes. Uh, 
tripped up and then also use my intimidation shit on him. Maybe just stop a fight without it actually being a fight. Cool. Maybe. Um, I guess I'll go next. I got a cast... Wait, I don't know how to say this one. Cassisian, I think. Cassisian Helm? Mm. From Helms. Um, Helms. You got a Helm. I get a bonus... You got uh, yeah. the Cassisian Helm from Helms Helms? Yeah. From Helm Jr.? Anyway, just don't worry. son of um, Helm. <laughs> for these for these helms, is there like a like a dwarven like a bronze hammer equivalent to like the DOT or like the Snell organization that certifies these helms for safety purposes? Get the fuck out of my shop! All right, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> is there like an NRA, but it's for helms? Yes, HRA. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. NHA. It never would have, no matter how you phrased it. So. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Anyway. Um, I, uh, I got a Cassian helm that gives me bonus to AC and saves against evil creatures, and I can also shoot eye beams out of it that does cold or fire, mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> and rad. then I have my portable alchemical kit in the form of a walking cauldron. I also got some potion ingredients and recipes. And I got a ring that helps me detect undead in a messenger ring that lets me have a summon a messenger animal. That was the most expensive thing that I bought. Um, nice. And then I also got... What else did I get? I think that's it, but I did buy a ring for Cinder that gives her five temporary hit points. Nice. Yeah. I, oh. I must have been zoned out when you were talking about the messenger ring. That's badass. Yeah. Oh, I, di I didn't ever mention it. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't what she was willing to give up to anybody else. <laughs> I, I actually didn't think I was going to be able to afford it, and then all of a sudden I kind of, I didn't end up getting any runes or anything, because they're all, all the ones I was interested in were like weapon runes, and Bo doesn't really use weapons, so. What is the, what does it do, sorry? The messenger ring, it, it's, you cast messenger animal, and it summons oh, like, that cool. animal. Along with Bo's cool. stuff, as a group, we also got healing recipe, healing potion recipe, and greater disguise recipe in our brunes, some of those. Okay. The guy. Uh, Latara and I had a thing that we were talking about before, but it'd be kind of cool to do it on air. Um, I think uh, at some point too, Kiaran like sees uh, Cinder like shouldering this crossbow, and maybe getting in an argument with the shopkeeper about like why he wouldn't provide her with a discount after everything that she's done for their shop and everything and for him personally and then just kind of like disdainfully like places the crossbow back on the shelf and is kind of walking away yeah uh kiaran kind of turns to Bo and uh star and is like i guess flint would probably want us to share some of the money with cinder bonon <sighs> perhaps you're right uh, so Kieran will grab <laughs> Cinder on her way out and just pull her back in and throw money down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is maybe the most profitable experience of Frost's life. <laughs> and Frost has probably barely seen like money. All our lives. Like, he's I mean... <laughs> never worked for money. He was provided just... for, but like he was just a public servant. Yeah. Is... But I... This is like right. winning the lottery and going on a shopping spree. Except mm -hmm. for for four of you, it's a reward for saving thirty people's lives. Well, sure, it's yeah. just a lot of money for doing that. <laughs> hey, I, yeah. I helped fight off yeah. the cats. That that's we're true. gonna eat thirty people. 
or at least a couple of them. <laughs> that's, that's true, I guess. Not as big a feat, but, <laughs> but easy not money. Not to be discounted. <laughs> hey, I quit my old job for a reason, right? Well, anyway, I think I think at this point, like Cinder would be kind of protesting and just like telling Kiara, and just no, this is this is your money. You shouldn't have to spend it on me. Don't be silly. The better geared we all are, the better off we'll be. I think Star will kind of walk up to it and be like, don't be silly. You helped us get these people out of here. This money is as much yours as it is ours. She kind of like grumbles under her breath for a minute because she's just so not used to accepting charity from anybody. But then she does like look back over the crossbow and look back to you guys and just say, well, I can't argue with that. Th thank you. And she goes and picks up the crossbow. Frost comes like running in with all his swag, like, guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have $600? <laughs> <I'm broke. laughs> have you guys ever heard of gambling? <laughs> <laughs> I just lost all of our money. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, one of you guys had a goat, right? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. Okay, okay, yeah. So what'd you get? Cinder? Oh, uh, yeah, right. I should clarify that. This uh, Spirit Sight crossbow, which I have open right here. It's, um... Actually, I, I meant to ask you about this too, Tanner. This shows up in um on Path Builder as a 2d8 crossbow. Is that correct? Yeah, because it's got striking. God damn. That's a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it has basically has the ability to like provide limited sight into the is it the ethereal plane? Ethereal plane. Yeah, and it can strike and affect things within sixty feet, um, range wise, which is interesting. I don't know how that's gonna come up, like in combat, but it's gonna be really cool when that one specific situation happens where we need to shoot at something in the ethereal plane. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. I was looking at something like that when I was looking earlier. That I was like, what would be what? When do you need to just peep? peek in it could just let you like see and it's like you couldn't interact with anything though and i was like what's the point of yeah. that i mean well, i don't know that would be really cool point. because the planes are all fucked up right now so who it almost who knows, sounds like it might be yeah. kind of a gamble at like what you get to look at anyway so right we shall shoot see. a guy on the toilet that's exactly <laughs> yeah. i was literally thinking get about out of here accidentally go, like seeing someone on the toilet i don't know why imagine the sky rips open and <laughs> some dude pops out of like a tear in reality in your bathroom and shoots you with a crossbow and vanishes uh, <laughs> what, what does man, it mean <laughs> gotta watch game of thrones for the fourth time right <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> that's so fucking funny okay all right Star, what'd you get? Well, um, I'm going to start with the most basic thing because I'd like to circle back around to Helms. I found the thing that <laughs> would back to transfer Helms. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah and there we go. Um, instead of like an NRA, it's going to be the HOA. The Helms Owner HOA? Association. <laughs> no. yeah. And but everyone every who owns of one is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Here are oh, the no. 16 pre-approved shades of red that you can paint your helmet. Yeah. You also have to pay us $1,600 every month or we'll repossess it and sell it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, I got some obsidian goggles from there, which pretty much give me, uh, I think it's dark vision for about an hour. Uh, pretty cool. I don't have dark vision anymore because we thought I was going to be a cat forever, and I'm not. <laughs> so uh, that sucks. 
Things happen. The next thing I got was the Heart Ripper Blade. I believe that is a plus one striking dagger. Um, and once per day, when I reduce an enemy to zero hit points, uh... They die. Yeah. <laughs> once per day, though. <laughs> Any other time, they just get revived. <laughs> uh, no, it fucking... What does it do? Let's see. After you hit the like hit a devastating blow, causes the blade to erupt into black flames for one minute. Strikes with the heart heart ripper blade, inflict an additional one d six negative damage to living creatures. So that's oh, pretty cool. cool. Hell yeah. Um, there's a couple other things, but I'm not gonna go over all of those. Let's see. And then the last thing that I got was a spirit fan. Uh, it is a plus one striking uh, fighting fan. Uh, same deal. When I reduce someone to zero with the fan. Uh, the leaves on the fan will light up, providing illumination equal to that of a torch for one minute, which is kind of cool. Might not always be super ideal, but, you know. Um, and I believe the other thing, this one is cool, so I'm going to share it with you. Uh, once the effect is active, you sweep the spirit fan in the direction of a single target you can see within 30 feet, releasing life energy in the form of a streak of golden light. Um... If the target is a living creature, the energy restores 3d8 plus 8 hit points. If the target is undead, it takes 2d8 plus 8 positive damage. So that's pretty sick. Hmm, that's that is pre also that's really, cool. really cool. Yeah. yeah. It feels like excited. a couple of you are noticing there's a lot of undead everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a handful here and there. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Frost, I believe you're the last one left, right? Or no, you went already. You went already, yeah. I'll cut that out. I'm paying attention. Tanner, what did you give to our enemies? Uh oh, a lot. Yeah, what did Hogoth buy while this was happening? Hogoth yeah. bought uh, a life-size painting of Groth that he weeps in front of every night. Naked <laughs> or? Um. No, I think I'm he's not wearing clothes while he's questions. weeping. Yeah. <laughs> roll a luck roll. <laughs> luck roll, hell yeah. And Tanner's gone. He's, he's got to go look at the painting to double check. <laughs> Naked. Um, fucking Path Builder is not working for me. I was going to try to roll luck roll, but it's no. still trying to roll it. Okay, so we are going to... Uh, is there anything else you guys want to do in the city before we go to this feast in your name? Uh, And just during that whole montage, definitely Karen's taking in the sights and just having fun seeing a new city yeah i mean i think you see a lot of very cool things you're you're mostly relegated to the commerce district for your shopping but it's there it's like a multi-leveled city like the city's been built upon the city that's been built upon a city you go to the fifth floor sometimes for shops you some are on the base level like helms helms in an old helmet shaped building that's been there for maybe a millennia uh, this city is bustling with people in trade. And uh, again, I want to highlight how it seems like this place is completely isolated and untouched by the shattering. I'm going to go talk to every NPC to make sure I don't miss a quest or anything. <laughs> yeah, every single one. So you have okay. to pick up like 60 lines. Hi, my yeah. name's yeah. Bean Proudfoot. <laughs> I'm also going to pick up every single rock in case there's a necklace under there. Yeah. That I really need. <laughs> nope, just uh, more dirt. Spider? William? <laughs> Where are you? Get over here. 
You okay. found me. Um, now you will die. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that we'll sit down at some point and maybe you'll help us add our weapons to this because it's, I don't know yeah, how it has a lot so. to go through. I do. But yeah, we don't we'll, have to worry we'll about it right that out. Yeah. I do at some point while we're shopping, uh, turn to Bo and just say, um, Bo, I was wondering if you might... I don't know what sort of training you went through to learn to do what you do. But as you've seen, I've, I've got some sort of connection. Whether it be with Emin or almost like a connection with death that I have from that ritual. His eyes sparkle. <laughs> death? Uh, yeah, I mean, ever since that ritual and then the sky breaking it seems like i've been able to cast a spell that seems like it's connected to death in some ways i uh, had maybe it has to do with my soul being partially ripped out but you know how to heal and use your powers for good could you train me if you feel like you have a connection that's a really good start and even an interest, I would be happy to try to teach you. People don't really take interest in these things, I think, as much as I'd like to see. And if I could get the opportunity to teach you something, I it'd be my honor. That would be amazing. I don't know who wouldn't be interested in your powers. Uh, I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just kind of give you a quick hug and then rush off to look at the next item there. She's buying. Bo's like already kind of flipping, like still shopping and stuff, but kind of um, starting to gather his thoughts on how to maybe start to to give you a lesson and is happy to pass along the knowledge that he has. Okay. We're going to jump forward just a little bit. To the feast, a king's feast, in your honor, on behalf of the city of Bronzehammer, for the rescue of Edwin Ironhands and some others. And others. This feast takes place down into the royal district. It is at this beautiful Colosseum-like structure. These marble steps lead to this massive pillared building. Brown and gold banners of Brunsholt hang next to silver and black banners that are the same logo that was stitched on the doublet of King Shattershield. Dwarven runes across the top of this building read Museum of Dwarven History. All sorts of people are entering, lavishly dressed in fine silks and tailored suits. They're accompanied with extravagant jewelry and gemstones. So if I may interject, too, I think at this point, if Cinder's, like, gone away and rejoined the group, she's wearing, like, a cleanly pressed, like, doublet, and then looks at you guys probably still wearing, like, your armor and stuff, and just is like, and that entire time that you guys were shopping, you didn't think to buy some formal wear for tonight. Damn, there's a rune for that. 
<laughs> there actually is. <laughs> I forgot about that. Star, what Star turns and turning invisible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In my, I'm uh, glamoured. Uh, <laughs> glamoured. In my uh, <laughs> time away from civilization, I forgot about this side of things. Bit underdressed, I guess. Frost armor is fucking immaculate. <laughs> that looks the, looks partially like fine clothing. I think the rune is actually called like presentable. <laughs> you can just like look really? presentable. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's funny. funny. So. Kiaren's like no, the, Chinese or cloaked to shiner armor as they're walking in. <laughs> <laughs> the the glamoured uh rune actually like can turn your armor into visually like fine clothing. Nice. Mm. Whatever you imagine, pretty much. Well, in the meantime, Cinder spits on a napkin and is like wiping, like wiping Kiaren's face. Be like, you have something on your on your cheek there. Hold still. Stop fussing. <laughs> At the entrance to this museum, two legionnaires command a troop of a dozen or so city guards, and you can immediately tell them apart, juxtaposed by the extraordinary legionnaire armor as dwarves and finely made chain, but chain shirts nonetheless, wielding clubs at their side. One of these elite armored warriors steps forward and says, Stand aside, stone brothers. The heroes of the mountain are here. Come with me, come with me. And as you guys sort of are grouped together and led by this legionnaire, you are quickly garnering a lot of attention. The guests part like the sea in front of you and whispers are starting to spread like wildfire and it it grows from a simple low murmur into this torrent of claps and cheers going past the ushers that are examining invitations and looking around you can see that while everybody's dressed very nicely there's clearly a mix of classes of people there are people who have very modest cloth dresses standing exactly next to people who have expensive, extravagant silks. But it seems maybe perhaps a little different from some of these galas, if any of you have attended any in your lives. Which I guess, that's a good question. What is everybody's experience with any sort of high society? <clears throat> None for me. None. Uh, uh, I've been paid to protect it. That's much it so you're but frost is like familiar with this environment though oh yeah yeah he's okay in fact you probably will barely even notice him at this party he's gonna be like close to you but not imposing not i don't know he's doesn't feel a particular need to like engage socially right all this attention it's for his bosses as far as he's concerned uh i don't know if you'd call it like aristocracy or how do you say that word i don't know Aristocracy. aristocracy with yeah. the Dolel, but Kieran's family was definitely a part of it. I don't think she got to the age where she experienced it herself before she left, but mm. there was like expectations that she would, would also... at some point. What about Cinder and Star? You guys have any experience in this? I don't think so, really. I mean, she traveled to a few places and whatever, but I mean, she's been to the Elm and you know, small towns along the way and passed a little bit, but not really any high society anything. Okay. She kind of despises high society. <laughs> it's fair. Um, 
I mean, Cinder, like, is kind of, she's always operated sort of as a diplomat in her life, so, like, this is a pretty familiar environment for her. But that being said, I think she probably finds a little bit more companionship and camaraderie with Frost right now, where she doesn't mind. Like, she's very comfortable here, but she definitely doesn't really, like, want to be in the spotlight. Mm. This beautiful concert hall that you're led to has roped off displays of dwarven historical artifacts ranging from pre-civilization to recent affairs of the last century. Floating balls of multicolored light glide above ribbons of gold and silver, under which guests mingle and delight in the display of a dazzling dance to a thrum of flutes and harps on this main stage. Tables are assorted neatly and structured with specific designs, all while you pass through the event, eyes seem to gravitate towards you, and whispers precede your movements. You are waved to by one Volca sitting at the head of a round table with just enough chairs for all of you. My friends, my friends, come, I'm so pleased you can make it. I think just imagining the party kind of looking a little awkward looking at each other um star will like take the lead and be like oh the sooner we sit down i'm sure the sooner we can get some drinks let's head over there yes uh maybe drinks will help come now yes and you all sit down in your chairs and immediately Volca twists his fingers in a simple little flick of motion, and a set of crystalline glasses organize themselves in front of you, and this bottle of beautiful wine that is inscribed with this tan label and elven writing on it floats to each of you, and it opens itself and uh, fills its glass all its own, as if being puppeted by an invisible hand. These things are always so draft in the beginning. I'm sure you know. Little sip of the good stuff will kick us off to a good start. What say you? Star will grab a glass and say, sure make me less nervous to have a little uh, liquid courage in my bones, veins, whatever, wherever it goes. (laughs) I think as, I don't like, know astronomy. <clears throat> <laughs> as Cinder kind of smiles. She's like, "Yes, yeah, nothing like a little social lubricant." And as like this floating bottle is stopping at like the halfway mark, she kind of reaches out and tilts the back of it up so it fills up the glass entirely. Stars like underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite full yet. Keep going. Do you have any kegs that do this? <laughs> Say when, and it just never comes. <laughs> Yes, uh, Say when, please. <laughs> all the attention's a bit much, and Karen will grab the drink and just kind of shoot it. That's, this is a really expensive elven wine. Uh, okay, fuck it. And he shoots it as well. I'll enjoy the rest slower, sorry. No, no, it's fine. Tonight is your night, my friends. You are the heroes. I am, I am but an honored guest in your presence. I pick this wine because it reminds me of my home, or somewhere it used to be. Cinder's like, oh god, here we go. (laughs) Yes, it all started when I was born. (laughs) (laughs) But please, I'm nothing if 
not a traveler and chronicler of stories, please. Where was the best drink you have ever had? I think Star looks around waiting for you guys to pipe up. And she's like, well, if nobody else has anything, I think the best drink that I ever had came after fighting off two wyverns in a storm cloud. We were, my friends and so I- was like, we, oh, shh, yeah. I've heard this one. This one's great. <laughs> yeah. Everyone shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> She's like, we went out and on top of all of this, we were being attacked by some other bandits. They were trying to steal things from us. And she just goes on for a bit. She's like, and <laughs> by the time we got back to the bar, you could have given me piss in a cup and I would have drank it, but it, I mean, it really wasn't much better, but uh, it did help soothe the wounds. It was some sort of brandy that they had made there in what resembled sort of a toilet, but I'm not going to think about it too much. Um, it was it was very good, though. It was very refreshing after all of that fighting and uh, monster slaying. Oh, yes. Cinder, Cinder raises her glass. She says, yes, I believe the, the sweetest brew is the one you earn. And she, like, kind of goes to cheers star yeah and star totally is like fuck yeah <laughs> frost will like have... really sheepishly like tank his glass and take just the tiniest sip and then put it down <laughs> he's on the clock I'm, yeah i'm on the clock <laughs> i'm also embarrassed this... about how little earning i did of this drink Volka, shut the fuck up <laughs> Sorry. God, shut the hell up who even is this guy right. you want me to kick his ass <laughs> i think i'm gonna go sit somewhere else please <laughs> Um, that's a good story <laughs> <laughs> Bo isn't sharing but he's thinking back on one of the most interesting interesting drinks he's ever had which was meeting Flint and is just kind of thinking about Flint right now oh, yeah. <laughs> that he's doing oh and the fancy yeah. the drink holy the, man. the, the wagon. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was, the, that was Flint's first line. Yeah. Uh, this entire show. I think that was, that was Bo's yeah. first alcoholic yeah. drink? No? No, not <laughs> first. It's just one of the most interesting yeah. times of sharing a drink with somebody. Uh, Kieran will kind of... Feels like so long ago. I know. It was. It was almost two years ago, actually. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Uh, on Shadow, goddammit. I know. Ooh. Phil will. Don't, I'm really don't make me sad. That's why Bo's not sharing it out loud. It's yeah. sad, a little sad inside. Uh, Karen will kind of swirl the wine in front of her and be like, well, uh, this might take the cake, but it's been a while since I thought that far back. Most of my alcohol is from scavenging, but there was this one time where I could see my sister really wanted to try our mother's good. Uh, shadow wine. Um. Shadow? Ooh. Shadow. And, <laughs> uh, I did sneak in, and I couldn't take much or she would notice, but we each got a, a small sip. Star's like, just for the future, if it's clear, you can fill it up with water. <laughs> shadow wine, you say? I've not heard any things from your peoples, young Kiar. 
and it's fascinating to see that wine, a staple of elven culture, has existed. Uh, for before I met you, I thought assassins and murderers were all that existed down there with no need for such pleasures. <laughs> Those definitely exist too, but my people do enjoy the finer things in life as well. Fascinating. Did your sound cut out, Tanner? I think so. <laughs> Fascinating. Though the top do tend to keep that for themselves. Now, forgive me for my ignorance, but I have never dined with a kobold before. Do your kind drink. My kind, yes, but those in my profession generally not. And, uh, interesting. What profession would that be? Uh, I am trying to figure it out. I <laughs> I was a bodyguard for a, uh, a diplomat from Blackreach representing kobold culture all over Rel, and uh, it simply did not fill my soul. But I heard of uh, this Grath, this, this man who had taken a book, built a magical forge, and then a city around this forge. And uh, I knew that was, that was the one I had to guard. Except now oh. I can't, so oh. I am here with his, uh, his friends in his honor. In between jobs, so to speak. <laughs> so, let me get this straight. You're not drinking because of your job in which you are currently unemployed. <laughs> well, I am guarding these fine folk. Mm -hmm. I understand right. that Kratz respect, if not allegiance. Speak. Are you sure you know how to use that axe? Oh, you should see me swing it in battle. I'm really desperate to. Do you have a smartphone? <laughs> I'll try and take a video of it for you. Yes, here's my iPhone. <laughs> put it on worldstarhiphop.com. <laughs> I'll see it. I travel there every day. I think, um, yeah, actually, on hearing that question, Groth, or, sorry, Frost is going to find a... Uh, no. I know, I know, flirt, Freudian slip, Floridian slip. Stop! <laughs> Yeah, Frost's just going to find a, a nice wide area without people for a good eight feet or so, and he's going to kind of like grab the axe off his back with one hand and like flip it around his wrist and then put it back on his back. And uh, even though his body like shifts side to side under the axe more than the axe shifts from him swinging it, you notice it does like it does spin and glide around his body pretty gracefully, surprisingly so. I would say he's able to move the center of gravity around himself like a gyroscope like or something. He's yeah, he's under the center of gravity and the axe is just spinning <laughs> above him. That's where all the like right. striking power comes from. But um yeah. I think while you're doing that, Star is kinda helping clear people out a little bit and be like, We're about to get a cool display of certain things. If you would back up, I would really appreciate it. And she'll wait for you to do your thing, and then she wants to go after you. Yeah. Are you done? Yeah, Yarn. Frost will uh, okay. again just snap this axe onto his back with no uh, no straps or anything. Nobody can figure out what how the hell it's staying there, but 
I'll uh, walk back and take a seat again. (laughs) Maxi. And Star, like, as you're leaving, she'll take a a big bow to you and um, stand more in the circle of this uh, cleared out space. Ah, thank you. And uh, she'll whip out this fan that she just got. And it's... um, The fan itself is, like, the fanning part, I guess, is more of like a black and gold sort of intricate design. Um, the edges are more of like a, a or no, sorry, the fan itself is black and red with an intricate design kind of in, inlaid into it. The edges of the fan are uh, black with gold sort of um, vines traveling up them almost, and they do have sort of like dangles coming off the side. It's It's a pretty big fan. But she'll do this really um, intricate display where she, you know, fans it out in front of her and does almost like a dance. But you can tell it's like a form of like fighting. And I think just even I, I'm happy to roll performance and hope that it works. But give me I think that she'll give a she's trying to give a really cool display. Why don't you give me one toy. as well there, Frost? Yeah. Is it a performance or more of like a strength thing for Frost? Because he's just trying to. Well, he's not trying to just no, crush no. I'll something. stop putting words yeah. in people's mouths. <laughs> Start putting your lips in them. <laughs> I think performance is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really just showing off. Right. It's not room in here to do real battle shit. <clears throat> uh, 24. That's pretty good. It's a good practical roll. Yeah. 30. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think both of you put on quite fantastic displays and a crowd is starting to gather... Um, amongst the crowd, you notice this very muscular dwarf who is dressed in kind of a revealing toga, and he kind of shoulders his way up to the crowd. And he's like, my turn, my turn. <laughs> and, and Star he, again will give like a deep bow to him and be like, after you, and step back to watch the show. And he just sits there and like flexes and shows his muscles, but <laughs> in juxtaposition... Uh, to the <laughs> athletic showings of uh, Frost and your the dance with your uh, fighting fan, the crowd just kind of gives him a sparse, confused clap and then he's <laughs> like uh, I don't have a stone, I'm a rock thrower remember, I'm Gunther the stone a star will <laughs> clap and try to like make her be like, woo, good job, God, you did great no, it's if I had a stone, it'd be, it'd be more impressive. I think Frost Damn actually <laughs> walk up and just like curl up really tightly in front of him. Like, throw me, throw me. You got this. <laughs> what is that? Is that a lizard? Ah, I hate lizards. <laughs> he jumps, jumps up on a chair and screams. <laughs> he lifts you by a hand and pulls you up and holds you with the single hand and his palm open, axe and everything in tow. And everybody's just, the clap gets a little thicker and more confident but it's still a little confused at the whole process (laughs) (laughs) but at this point Volka says come now come take your seats the show's about to begin no we we already handled it it's cool yeah we're we're done (laughs) stop showing off (laughs) sit down it's really embarrassing (laughs) sidelining my event and Star will go back and sit down. The lights begin to dim 
as the curtains open upon a dance. And the start of this feast will truly begin Did, next um, time. No. Next time. On the Reroll Gaming Podcast. If I could look the over there and before. glare at you. <laughs> like you're pointing like get off my lawn i was trying to be like did um kiaran want to do anything it's fine it moved past it so i no, get up there and dance kiaran no no shake All some right. ass watch yourself <laughs> but watch yourself <laughs> show me what you're working with Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The Reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zingaring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.